0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Hour number two of the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Alec Medford. His name is Reginald Atatula. Mm -hmm. Got Rigo Mendoza holding things down for you. The Turn It On, Leave It On listener, we appreciate you so very much for hanging out with us here tonight with you until 11 o'clock. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk about those Dallas Mavericks and maybe if we have some paradigm shifts, some change of perception about these specific Mavericks players. We'll talk about that here in about 18 minutes or so. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053, where you can get involved in any and all of our conversations. We are also live on Twitch and YouTube. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam, or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. And we encourage you to use it for this segment where we pose the question, who is in a worse position after a wild card exit, the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? And there are probably plenty of reasons for either side of the coin, Reg.
0: Yeah, um, obviously, both teams, real embarrassing wild card exits after winning quite a few games this season. Um, the Eagles, you know, a lot of their games throughout the course of this year looked uh fairly fraudulent right uh they did not look like the eagles that you had seen the last few years um obviously they weren't consistent defense consistently was bad um i imagine that a lot of people looked at these cowboys and said they did not beat anybody um of real note throughout the course of the season they the idea that they beat up on lesser teams um and ultimately they come out and literally nothing goes right they do nothing right over the course of a game versus the Green Bay Packers, uh, and a Green Bay Packers team who came into the Wild Card round just you know with house money, right? They they snuck their way in, youngest team in the league. I'm sure you heard that a thousand times over this weekend, and ultimately they handle your team up and down when it comes to uh, actual play, when it comes to um, you know coaching all those things. So. How do we want to break this down? Do we want to kind of, you know, go position by position? Maybe not position by position, unit by unit. Do we want to look at these, uh, you know, kind of contractually where they're out? What 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 hits your heart uh, first when you want to compare? If who's who's the most down bad, I guess.
1: Um, I think unit by unit is where you can go because I think there's some fun compare and contrast there. Because I think that you know, in terms of young players versus veterans, expiring deals on certain units, and then just overall level of play and lack of development from some specific areas of those different units, it's kind of interesting.
0: Okay, so with that being the case, let's start. Uh, the one that immediately comes to mind is this Eagles defense versus mm-hmm. this Cowboys defense. Uh, with your Cowboys, how do you feel about this defense? Because they they looked absolutely atrocious in that game versus the Packers and. There have been some up and down with them throughout the course of the season. Uh, a lot of conversation about the inability to stop the run. You, uh, Jonathan Hankins is no longer under contract. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore not under contract. You will get Trayvon Diggs back. Huge. Michael Parsons is going to get his money. You have him. That is like the shining star of your defense. You paid the safeties right. Donovan Wilson got paid. Malik Hooker got paid. Those guys remain. I'm interested to see how you hear about how you feel about that. Leighton Vanderess should return from injury, and Demarvion Overshone should return from in injury. How do you do? Do we want to rank this, or do you want to compare that to directly to this Eagles defense, where they paid a lot of guys on yeah. this defensive staff, and a lot of them are not playing to the level that you expect uh, when you paid them? There's the linebacking core is just absolutely not has been good, or not been good. It's just been a hole and i think one of the scary things for that team is their pass rushers um they that that had been the the portion that had been holding up and then towards the end of the season even that did not was not able to produce and then that just left your secondary which had been you know underperforming compared to their contracts and your middle of your field with your linebackers that had just been bad it left them exposed
1: and two of those pass rushers as you mentioned Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham they are out of contract they mm. are free agents going into the offseason so Uh, A couple of notable free agents there, and honestly, I think the defenses are in a pretty relatively similar stance just overall, but position by position, you break it down, it's a little bit different. I think the Cowboys are better off in the secondary because you mentioned Trayvon Diggs coming back. Yes. Uh, Deron Deron Bland Bland is who he is. We already know that. Um, Hopefully, I think Jordan Lewis is an expiring deal as well. If you can bring him back, I feel a little bit better about your corner room. Uh, Safety-wise, J. Ron Kurse, you know, I don't think he played very well this season, but he is a free agent. That's a body you're going to have to replace. Uh, so, corner-wise, I feel good. Safeties, I think you need some improvement, but I think that could help with a healthier linebacker core. If Leighton vanderesh comes back, you're not asking guys like Marquise Bell and whatnot to play out of position to move around and do things that they're not used to doing. So overall...
0: And maybe it gives you an opportunity to actually have some level of personnel that's bigger than what is constant dime. I know I saw yes. it was like Rex Ryan on, got on TV and was like yelling, like, why are you in this personnel? Like, they ain't got it for you. They exactly. just don't. Now that does not absolve them from the way that they played, but they just don't have a bigger personnel. Anyways, continue.
1: And I think the development of some of their younger defensive players for the Philadelphia Eagles... Is going to be huge because you didn't exactly see it from some guys. I I saw Philadelphia media slamming Jordan Davis this year. He has not been good. Yeah, he has not been good. And now some,
0: they did just have Jalen Carter step in and then do the stuff. So yeah, but no, Jordan Davis was not good.
1: They're going to need some of these Georgia cats to start. You know, stepping up. They took a bunch of them and they mm-hmm. need a few of them to hit. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they've got the rookie deals that they can say, "Look, we've got time on these guys," but. When you just went to the Super Bowl last season, you're expecting a little bit of a quicker turnaround to kind of fill plug and play with some of these guys that you take higher end in the draft. So I think that the development of some of the defensive guys for Philadelphia, the lack thereof, is a lot more startling than for a team like Dallas that had some veteran guys that you know what you're getting out of, and then you had some guys in the younger end of the spectrum, step up like a Daron Bland. We already knew he was capable of starting on an NFL team last year. We didn't know that he was going to break NFL records this year, you know? So I think from a longevity standpoint, I feel better about the Cowboys defense personnel-wise. Okay.
0: Um, I think that's fair, but I, I keep looking in, like, obviously, Stephon Gilmore meant a lot to you. He's gone, but mm-hmm. we kind of understood what that was. Jaron ron Curse, in theory, meant a lot to you, but he did not play up to the level that you had previously had. Jonathan Hankins meant a ton to you. And he's not there. And Mozzie Smith has not shown that he can step into that quite yet. Jordan Lewis, oddly enough, was very impactful for you. And I don't know if he returns either. Um, Dorrance Armstrong as a depth piece was great. Now, look, you'll see if that just means more Sam Sam Williams, ultimately, or what have you. And I I know some people are mad about Sam Williams. Neville Gallimore played a decent amount for you at defensive tackle, right? Like, those are going to be, but those aren't like the major pieces. I still like the idea that you have Michael Parsons. I I, I lean towards where you are. Um, it'll be interesting to see what you actually get from your linebackers when they come back. I might give the slight edge to the Cowboys, but that's that feels like it's close to a push.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's a clear-cut advantage. It's just if I'm going to pinpoint an advantage, maybe it's just the development and the prospects of the younger players. Like you mentioned, DeMarvian Overshone didn't get to play a single snap this year uh you know maybe in 2024 he ends up being a bit more of a pivotal piece and a good pass rusher for you you know whatever they have planned for him whoever is calling the defensive plays and drawing up those schemes
0: all right you want to go to offense now let's do it all right so you look at the cowboys offense obviously Ceedee lamb number one wide receiver even though he did not show up and look very good in this uh green bay game dak prescott look I, I, the conversation about Dak Prescott is rampant, and it feels like you have to just for to avoid that conversation right now. He has all the leverage; he's going to be the quarterback here, mm-hmm. right? Well, even if you think you're just going to run out the clock on that contract and eat what is damn near sixty million dollars, like he's the quarterback next year, right? Okay, cool. Um, so you have that. Um, Zach Martin remains remains on contract. Tyron Smith is a free agent or has the ability to be a free agent here. Um, Tyler Biotish also, you don't have under contract. Your running back core is uh, Deuce Vaughn and maybe Hunter Lucky when you talk about who you have under contract. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to need to figure something out with running back. Um uh, Michael Gallup has a it's it's a good amount of your your uh, salary cap as of right now, and he seems like he's wide receiver four.
1: Yeah, um He really does.
0: You take all that and you compare that to the Eagles don't have DeAndre Swift coming back, but how do you feel about the Eagles' office? They, like I said, they lost uh, Jason Kelsey, which I think is going to be huge in like the organization of what they do there. But they do still have Devontae Smith, AJ Brown.
1: Yeah, and obviously, if you want to just take a a very easy perspective, one of their plays is essentially eliminated there with the Tush push because that was a Jason Kelsey special. He kind of helps make that thing possible. Uh, that the ability that he has at the line of scrimmage to you know indicate certain coverages and blitz pickups and whatnot, the calls he's able to make are going to be huge. Not having that. Uh, Broad said during crosstalk, they'll slide over Cam Jurgens to center more than likely, which I believe is the smart move and a great move. I think he will be really good at center, but he's not Jason Kelsey. Outside of that, skill position-wise, I think just on paper, I lean Eagles, because you know who every guy is, maybe not the quarterback after this year. You don't fully know who he is. But you talk about A.J. Brown. We know that, of course, he kind of disappeared at the end of the year this year. But he is a monster. He is a true threat. Devontae Smith was a monster yesterday, even, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the only thing that was clicking for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the running game, they always seem to figure out, no matter who's back there, whether it's Kenneth Gainwell getting most of the touches. And or
0: Gainwell may might as well have been your starter.
1: Yeah, So the
0: way that he played as well.
1: It feels like they always figure that out later. They don't really worry about it too much. I mean, Dallas Goddard, really good tight end. You know, I I think they have less question marks. I think the one that they have is bigger than any of the Cowboys' question marks in the center, Jason Kelsey leaving. But I think overall, I think they're a little more – they can sleep easier at, at night with this offense, knowing who they have.
0: Although the one thing I will point out, right, because right now we're just talking about the tangibles of the team, like offensively, philo- philosophically, like I, that, that offense looked like it had literally zero answers. Yeah. Literally zero answers. Yeah. And I understand in this game your Cowboys looked like they had literally zero answers, but I, if I compare season to season all the mm-hmm. way across, the Cowboys had significantly more answers in understanding what they, what they were doing than it felt like the Eagles did, which is kind of crazy to say in this moment. Um, it but is again, crazy. How do, you, how do you want to judge that? Who do you want to give the edge to?
1: Philosophically, yeah. I'm absolutely giving it to the Cowboys because you saw more sustained success this year. Um,
0: but personnel-wise?
1: Personnel-wise, I slightly lean Eagles. Okay. And, man, losing that offensive coordinator changed a lot. Losing Shane Steichen.
0: Well, let's talk about that part, coaching.
1: <laughs> Which,
0: honestly, we who knows how long that's going to remain the case over an extended period of time. But... Oh man, siriana and Sirianni and co coordinator, you know coordinators, mm-hmm. um, on both sides. I guess Matt Matt Patricia was such a, that was such an odd <laughs> move, such a like scramble move to at the end of the season That's or exactly late in the what season it was. to just be like we are going to go to this guy who like philosophically and historically does not fit any of the personnel that you have. Yeah, um, I think that that speaks to one of the issues with Nick Sirianni, and I also think with the, with them like. All that jaw all that jaw jacking that he does is mm-hmm. cool when you win him, but when you're not, that does not suit well. And then you compare that to what you have with Mike McCarthy, where it seems like the guys enjoy working for him, but he he does not seem to run a, like the culture seems to be good, but the, the 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 you're not getting the discipline that is necessary in these circumstances, and you just seem to not come up clutch in in the in the, the postseason.
1: It's weird because I feel like this it's polar opposite differences for me with these two head coaches. Like I have no faith in the coaches around Sirianni, but I know that the players love them. The culture is there, but I feel like everything systematically for Mike McCarthy is there. It's just like you said, it's a matter of showing up. Um, I honestly, I think I'm at a place where I could say it's a push Yeah, with, with the head coaches. I mean, it'll, it'll all be different in two weeks when Mike Vrabel is the head coach of the Cowboys, and then I'm going to say Cowboys.
0: Oh, that's very leaning. We'll, we'll yeah. have that conversation, I'm yeah. sure we will.
1: I, I'm just being chaotic, but as of right now, it's a push, you know, and I think for a couple of different reasons, they don't exactly add up to be the same issues, but... I don't really have faith in either.
0: And this is where we get to the one thing, right? Like the front office and Chris N on the YouTube points to the idea that they say the difference is Howie will make moves to make the team better with, uh, and that's rarity with the Cowboys. Do you agree?
1: Fully agree. Howie Roseman will completely mortgage the future if he has to just to know that I can save what I've built right now and I can do something with it. The Cowboys, it's very much... We did, our, we did our, you know, mid-season planning in the preseason. You know, our trade deadline was when we got Stephon Gilmore. Great move. Not taking away from him. And Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks. Not taking away from either of those. They, they were both fantastic. But, you know, when they tell us that, it's like, well, I mean, that means you kind of set everything in stone, you know, when you were out in Oxnard, California. It's not a great way to live. And then here's Howie, you know, turning over every stone every minute that he's awake during the season.
0: Although you say that, and you we we started off talking about their defense and the ways in which they had a lot of signings on defense, like James Bradbury, who just seems like he's not he's not a dude anymore, and he's there. Although you do get uh, Avante Maddox signed up for a long term, so it just feels like I don't know. He has a rightfully deserved um, image of you know making sure to get things done, but I think it's easy to only look at the look at the good outside. You know, there, there is some bad there, but I hear you and I like philosophically, I hear what you're talking about when he, Harry Roseman has won executive of the year for good reason, right? Because he has put together really good rosters. Um, and so like if I had to lean, I would lean that way when it comes to the organization, even understanding Will McClay remains, they usually do a decent job in the draft, but it's hard to feel like that when you look at this Cowboys team and your first round draft pick is Mozzie Smith, who did not really f- splash at any point this season. Uh, you had Luke Schoonmaker, didn't really give you a lot. Overshown gets injured, that's unfortunate. Who I mean, Deuce Vaughn doesn't really see the field. What, what other draft picks am I missing? Eric Scott, Eric Scott Jr., who wasn't on the on the Healthy roster.
1: Healthy scratch all year, right? Yeah. Like I, I
0: think that that's that ends up being really tough. Looking at
1: it, yeah. And you mentioned like the James Bradbury thing. It, it just goes to show you how short your timetable is in the NFL because you said he's not good anymore, and that's the key. Whenever they signed him, he fit. And the reason was because any imperfections he had could be masked by good coverage behind him, over the top with good safeties. You know, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, whenever he was there. You know, it it made sense. Now it's rearing its ugly head that, hey, you only got so much time for these things to work. And now James Bradbury is no better than the piece of toast that I left in the toaster too long this morning.
0: Burnt? Is that what you're... Very very burnt. Very burnt out. Just...
1: flavorless ultimately
0: have we decided like whatever the actual answer is it feels kind of like we're just in there they're both down bad yeah feels like the answer
1: yeah all of that to say they are both down horrendous right now that's it excellent work good (laughs) job good job team so that's who's in a worse position after a wild card exit dallas or philly the answer yes (laughs) that's your expert analysis from the get right here i can tell you some good news The Dallas Stars of the double AC are now up five to one. Mm, You love to see it. Two more goals, gentlemen, two more, two (laughs) more goals to get the job done. Here he goes. Mm -hmm. Coming up next on the get right. Let's talk about these Dallas Mavericks. Has your perception changed on these Dallas Mavericks? We'll talk about it next on the fan. And we're back to the get right here on 105.3 The Fan. This segment is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one has been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or, or call 214 or 817-333-3333. And there's a battle for the ball. Lively has it back. Hardaway. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you, Mark. Back here on the get right on 1053 the fan, we're about to talk about these Dallas Mavericks and has your perception changed on these specific Mavs? 877 881 1053. Let us know if anybody has turned your head on this Mavericks roster. Amen to THJ. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But I did see this come up on the Twitter machines. David Moore, Dallas Morning News, Mm -hmm. just put out a piece a couple minutes ago headlined. Why keeping Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott together may be the Cowboys' most viable option. And you know what that means. That means McCarthy's not going anywhere. But if you actually read the piece, which I did. Okay, good. Excellent. um,
0: Because I was like, I have not gotten to that yet.
1: An interesting nugget. Jerry Jones will meet with Mike McCarthy on either Thursday or Friday, two people with knowledge of the process have told the Dallas Morning News. So that's when we will likely get... Or if any, update on Mike McCarthy, Thursday or Friday is when McCarthy will be meeting with Jerry Jones.
0: I understand Jerry likes giving, I mean, and you want to give yourself the full opportunity to assess the situation. Ooh, boy, that's that's a good amount of time, man. Well, I guess I'll leave it till then because one of the things I have made my mantra, which isn't really great when it comes to this, uh, this particular job in this particular place, but I'm out of the business of trying to predict what Jerry Jones will or Jerry Jones will or won't do. He's made me uh, look stupid many a times. Um, some people say I make myself look stupid very frequently. It's cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: oof, we just gotta sit back and chill till Thursday or Friday. Okay. Very good. Gonna be a long week, Reg. Gonna be a long week. But let the speculation continue. It's all fun until you know we're all proven wrong. I guess like Jim said. Harbaugh is just chilling. You know. You know. Hey. He did just interview with the Atlanta Falcons today. Which I uh, very very apparent what
0: Atlanta is going for. Uh, they're like, look, man, we want these bona fides. That's what we want.
1: They were taking home run cuts. That's, Absolutely. That is interesting. So we posed the question to you, 877-881-1053. Has your perception changed on these Mavericks? And you heard the call from Mark Falwell on Valley Sports Southwest. Coming back from break, Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, just yesterday, a big 40-point game from him and Kyrie Irving as well. Yeah, yeah
0: Don't we're not going to speed by that like you didn't just say that Tim Hardaway Jr. dropped 40 in things.
1: Yeah, he did. And of course, you know, he's getting extended looks with Luka Doncic being out. However, Luka has been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game against the Lakers. So, might see the return of number 77, but yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been one that my perception is I think it's kind of shifted I don't know if it's in a specific manner to where it's like you need to keep him long-term, but man, I felt like going into this season for Timmy, it was one of those situations where I wanted him off the team to open up that spot and allow someone else, maybe a more gifted shooter, maybe a more gifted defensive player to get their hands on the ball. But the way he has shown up for you in the wor- when you needed it in the worst ways, you know, in a game where Luca's out, in the games where both Luca and Kyrie are out, just the situational basketball from him. I I mean, me and Blake joke, like, every time he gets the ball, he's going to shoot that three. That's right. He's going to shoot that three. The greenest light. Yes. And, you know, for better or for worse, he's going to do it. And, you know, here lately, it's it's worked out for the team. And it's kind of at the point where I don't know if I'm in love with him where I want to keep him on the team or if I'm like, man, his trade value is skyrocketing and this is good for the Mavericks. I don't know. All I know is that my perception has absolutely changed on Tim Hardaway Jr. this season.
0: Yeah, and I think mine has as well. Tim Hardaway Jr. obviously has always been like a streaky shooter, somebody that can, you know, knock down some shots. But, you know, when he's hot, it's great. And when he's not, it can be kind of somewhat problematic because you're just getting – he's going to take those shots, right? Like he is a shooter. He has that shooter's mentality. Um, This year, he has been – more than just uh a streaky shooter like he's he's scoring 18 points a game um 18 plus actually let me see what that number is 18.3 points a game on rather efficient shooting um and doing it at a pretty high volume as well and so similar minutes to what he's been getting the last few seasons but it's just it's gotten to a better level one of the things you mentioned you've had guys miss time and he's been able to step up into those vacancies and in, in addition to just those numbers right like the stat sheet portions of this his game looks a little different he's putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim and as if you've listened to me talk about this team one of the things that I talk about is the, the lack of rim pressure the lack of being able to get to the hoop uh, and put the ball on the floor and actually get in to get an efficient shot at the rim Tim's been doing that a little bit in addition to this he, he's not he's not great defensively I'm not gonna tell you that lie but He's been putting his body on the line and trying to get draw charges. And while that's not something that I respect a ton, it, it ultimately matters, right? It matters in the way that this thing goes. And so I think that you actually have to go to a point where, because of his contract, I think he's making something like around $18 million. He's playing better, he's playing well above what that contract is at this point. And so I don't know that that's one that you feel comfortable trading in a way.
1: That's where I'm riding the fence. Yeah, yeah. Because I, going into the season, he absolutely wasn't for my money playing up to that contract. Now, like you said, he's probably playing above what you expect.
0: That, yeah. So I, I, I honestly view him as one of those, one of those guys that you probably don't trade. But re- regardless, like the way that he's played has impressed me, and I look, I have to give him his props. Like this is the way that it goes. If you're going to do this job. Especially if you're going to have to be negative, some sometimes you absolutely have to give people their props when they show up. And Tim Hardaway Jr. has deserved that.
1: The next one we'll talk about is one, Josh Green, who he did sign that three year, $41 million contract extension that goes through the 26 27 season. Uh, so the new money, the new commitment to him. And obviously, he missed a good chunk of the beginning of the year with that elbow injury. So you didn't get too many looks out of him. But. He's been an active player for you when he is getting minutes. He might not be lighting up the world with the basketball in his hands, but he's giving you contributions in certain areas on both ends of the floor. Uh, He's a guy that I think to this point, probably just because of the small sample size, nothing has really changed in my mind, uh, perception-wise, for Josh Green. I don't think he's part of a championship Mavericks team. I, I don't see him there because I just don't think he provides enough of a spark. He doesn't give you that lightning in a bottle that it felt like he could have, you know, maybe this time last year, but for me that that lightning in a bottle, I'm going to give that chance. I'm going to roll the dice more on a guy like THJ than I am a Josh Green. Um Josh Green,
0: it feels like he's in a similar place in that like you see you see the potential show up. Um I'd like to see it be consistent and you look at kind of some of the advanced things and they're in similar places as where they seemingly always are. Um, but you're at least you're, you're getting some more like you're getting better assist percentage, right? You're seeing him facilitate just a little bit better, at least be like a little bit of a hub at times. And you see, you could still have, see him be a little bit of an energy burst, particularly defensively. Um, but yeah, I, I think with Josh green, I don't even know that I can make that, figure out with him in this sort of a stint I think it's like over the course of a season what do you see him see from him over a large uh large chunk because consistency has been the name of the game for me with him and from the 214 they said please stop getting caught up in the moment Timmy is who he has been for the last five years and I hear what you're talking about there right like you could definitely see the high points of Timmy's career at times the thing for me is that it feels like you can see advancements in the game in like there's there's more there's an ability to put the ball on the ground as well you're seeing ways in which he's trying to find ways to contribute on the defensive end that he hasn't prior those are things that are notable outside of just like the streaky shooting that can happen and as of right now the shooting hasn't been as streaky as it has been in the past We'll see. Like again, this is something that, as the time goes, and depending on like what what presents itself at the trade deadline, right? Like as we are nearing that, if something pops up that's just uh, well above what you can, you know, what you could pass up, yeah, then you get to that place. But as of right now, he's played incredibly this season, and again, I have to give him credit. Even as I talk about him in the past as a streaky shooter and somebody who's very up and down and all those things,
1: Jaden Hardy, polarizing name for the Mavericks fan base and. I think my perception has changed in a negative connotation for Hardy. And I think it's mainly a product of the system and not really his fault. I think some of it has been his limited opportunities. He hasn't really wowed me. There have been a couple nice games this year. Don't get me wrong, but this year it just feels like every opportunity that could present itself just isn't for him. And he's not maximizing each of those limited opportunities. I think... For me, I I just got a little too excited with the idea of a ball-dominant guy that's really young that can just shoot the lights out of the place, but there's no real place for him in my mind on this team, so I think, like I said, it's not exactly his fault, but my perception has come down to earth, if anything, about Jaden Hardy of he's he is what he is. He's a guy that's not going to get many looks, and when he does, you know, he's probably not going to have much time to show you too much.
0: Yeah, and I looked to him to possibly be some level of like spark plug catalyst type player. And what you see from him right now isn't that, right? Like yeah. you, you know that he can't be like a primary playmaker, although he's he's given you little, very small flashes of okay, maybe it's still in there, but they've tried to, you know, kind of ginger that out of him and it hasn't been it hasn't been major. And then when it, with that it's like all right you're this another guard is from the 2 and 4 yes million guards it feels like on this uh Mavericks team. He's another one of those guards that again is not making is not like playmaking for you and isn't like particularly efficient when it comes to get up and give me some points here. And so he's he's still a young player but ultimately he's a young player that has not solidified himself as one that you absolutely need to have. An interesting one but I don't know that he's so interesting as of right now that he stops stops the show if something comes up.
1: So there's a little bit of Mavs perception changes for you here with the get right. A couple of guys that, you know, might be deserving of a second chance in my mind, at least shout out THJ, because he has been playing above that uh, salary figure that he has. And really he's the only one that's gotten a positive change of scenery in my mind. Uh, But Luka Doncic upgraded to questionable for the matchup against the Lakers. Hopefully we see him return and we get back to business with these Dallas Mavericks. That's an ABC
0: game, mind you. Yeah. Big time TV.
1: Yeah. So the NBA really wants 77 on the floor for that one. Uh, Speaking of business. It's a final at the double AC Dallas stars win five to one over the LA Kings. They didn't meet your, your threshold yeah, Rich, but that's fine. I guess. Yeah. They still got the win, So it's whatever. We'll talk about that more when we give you your headlines at 10 o'clock tonight, but coming up next it's sharing time on the get right. The upcoming segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Why do so many Texans love Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine? They've got the goods. More new Silverados than anyone with incredible savings. Why go anywhere else? Go see them today at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads, relax, and enjoy the difference. Back here on the get right on 105.3, the fan, Alec Medford, Reginald Atatula. Yo, what's happening? And Rigo Mendoza with you until 11 o'clock tonight. We'll get you your headlines here on the other side in about 17 minutes, including a good one if you are a fan of sports video games. You won't want to miss that here in about 17 minutes. So don't go anywhere. Turn it on and leave it on just like you always do. But right now, it's sharing time. and Reg? You have the honor of going first.
0: Thank you, sir. Um, hey, everybody. Oh, I like it. Thank you. This is very good. Um, well, in this sharing time, I bring to you uh, a, a very—I uh, uh, don't know—polarizing debate. Ooh. I think it's—it's um, it's a long-lasting one. It's one that I'm sure that you know that you've, you know, contributed to. Okay. Um, 1053 is the truckwreck.com text line. Should beans... so chili have beans or no beans? (laughs) And the reason why I bring this up, a friend of mine tweeted about this earlier today, tweeted this, and I'll read it verbatim. Chili can have beans, but good chili doesn't need beans. My friend, uh, Dex Hinton. Um, And I quote tweeted this because I've always been quiet when these conversations happen for very particular reasons i don't really get this bean no beat debate bean debate i don't understand why it's so fervor like it has so much fervor and everything because for me it's always been a does it taste good right like does it have beans if it has beans all right it's fine if it doesn't have beans should work right and I've seen people be like, no, nah, it's just a sloppy Joe if you don't have beans. There's people like, get those steak and beans out of my chili. I'm like, I, is it? it why, why? Why does this matter so much? Aztec God uh, on Twitch says it's a religion or a region thing, not a religion thing. That'd be so much different. That oh my be. God. <laughs> uh, and well, I guess use, using uh, on the lines of religion from the 682, chili with beans is sacrilege, right? Like uh, it, it gets the people down, like deep down in their soul. Like deep down in their spirit, like it hits them, and I'm like, I, it doesn't. It doesn't hit me like that. So I've always been very careful to not like uh, really talk in that, you know, in that regard because I don't want nobody to be mad because I honestly don't care enough about it. So why would I rile you up on something I don't care enough about? I just never got it.
1: I don't get it either. Okay, cool. I'm glad that I'm not alone. Thank you. I I don't get defensive about it. I've had both, and I've had good versions of both, and. I, I think I agree with your friend that, like, good chili doesn't need it. Like, I, I'm not for it or against it, but a, I've had plenty of great chili that did not have beans. Like, growing up, uh, my next-door neighbor, Justin, his dad, has this, like, family tradition recipe chili that he would make once a year. And he would win all the little community cook-offs and, and chili contests and everything. And it, it's, to this day, the best chili I've ever had. No beans. Like, I I couldn't care less. If it tastes good, cool. If it has beans, I could not care less.
0: Okay, glad. Also, you mentioning the idea of a chili cook-off has made me realize I have never, never eaten in a chili cook-off. And uh, I feel like uh, programming, television programming, made me think the chili cook-offs were everywhere. Right? Yeah, they're really not. They're super common. Right, like the chili cook-offs um talent shows that that gave you some money um quicksand i was i was under the impression that these things these three things were everywhere literally everywhere and apparently not i haven't, been, I haven't not not once none of them
1: see i never went to any of them
0: it was just like he had the
1: the hardware
0: to prove it that he won. Oh, so you don't know. Maybe he was just going down to the, to the trophy he stock shop. He might have been. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe he went to chili Michael's
1: or something, got one of those little plastic trophies and just, you know, used a label label maker on yeah. it. I don't know. Ordered it off Amazon kind of thing. Yeah, he absolutely could have. But, I mean, hey, I was young. I was, what, maybe like 10, 11 at the time when I discovered it. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to believe everything. Why not?
0: Um, Let's see. I'm from the 90- 901 chili on a glizzy, no beans. I mean, that's that seems fair. That seems fair. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a, a chili dog, it would be weird for you to have like beans on top.
1: Yeah, that's where it does get weird. Okay. and I say that's out of place. Absolutely.
0: Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Quick um,
1: Trip Glizzies with uh, chili on it. That hits the spot. Wait, what'd you say? Quick, quick trip? trip. Quick Trip. The gas station Quick Trip.
0: With with chili on them. Yeah,
1: they're hot dogs with chili on them. They I hope hit. you're not going road tripping yeah, I was because like, your I'm, stomach's gonna be doing backflips. Yeah, I know like, your
0: gastrointestines... <laughs> doing a Seinfeld theme song. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Gas station hot dogs yeah. with chili? Hey, that, those are good, man. Those are good. That's okay. I can't deny it. I
1: mean, hey, I won't knock it. More but. power to
0: you. So yes, uh, a very very nonsensical thing that was on my mind cuz yeah, look. I, I could have given y'all like a bed bugs update, but you all don't care. You don't care. Enough.
1: Bed bugs. That's right. I kind of want to know now.
0: Did I not? Have you not been around when I've talked about the, the, the bed bugs that I've been dealing with no. of late? Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, um, for another time. Oh, I thought it was about the French bed bugs. The what? The who? The bed bugs in Paris? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, no. That's no. who's in Paris? Buddy, I had the same thought. I was like, look, man, we're not we not going down that path. Um, so sorry no. no but yes i've uh <laughs> over the last couple of weeks been dealing with uh some bed bugs that have been found in the apartment uh treatment date number two today okay and we're in a good place we're in a good place. good i i think i'm going to be able to like unpack my belongings right because like you, in order to treat this you gotta you know wash everything and make sure that things are out of out of the way you know bagged up and everything and so i've been living living like a like a tourist in my own apartment and i think that we're, I'm pretty sure we're in a place where I can, I can act like I'm living uh, in a, in my own apartment again, which which will be great. You and the
1: uh, the fifth floor have something in common.
0: Wait, what? Yeah. The, the fifth floor here? Mm-hmm. Bed bugs. Hmm. Did not know that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Today I learned. Good thing we have multiple levels separating. Um. Why do they have bed bugs on the fifth floor? Also, why would it just be the fifth floor? And you know what? Sorry, I'm going. My brain is going random right now. <laughs> I, it just That just reminded me of like One of the weirdest things There was one day Up here on the 11th floor Of our location At 75 and Fitzhugh mm-hmm. And I saw ants on the floor mm-hmm. And I was like How the hell did y'all get up here Right Like have you ever thought about that Like if you're on the second floor You're like alright Maybe they found a crevice Crawled their way up 11 floors dog
1: That's a great point Like
0: how did they get here <laughs> How did that happen That took days
1: That took that took a village
0: Or it d- took a d- literal village. did somebody Just one of the ants Get lucky and found their way onto the elevator Probably when somebody came up. Like, you know how the, the amount of luck that would have to happen... Anyways, this is very nonsensical. <laughs> yeah. I
1: apologize. Did you have something to share in sharing time? Um, Something that I was a little bit upset about is I see it trending on Twitter this time each year, and I get excited, and then I click and I find the the poster graphic for it, and I seem to get let down each year now. Coachella? The lineup just seems to get worse and worse each year, and it's... I'm not just going to talk about that because I know that's a very finite audience. But okay, no, I started thinking about Burning Man. Coachella is out in Coachella Valley, the uh, big rich people festival. And they always have, well, I say always, but not anymore. They used to have like transcendent names headline this festival, three days of it. And now it just feels like maybe it's just me, but it feels like we don't have enough or maybe even any. Of those music figures anymore maybe the exception of three four maybe five that just transcend the industry like it it felt like i know this is a long callback but like you think of like live aid you know where you have all of these transcendent figures in one spot performing for the same thing underneath the same you know umbrella and now like coachella i see lana del rey i'm like cool see tyler the creator headlining day two i'm like cool See Doja Cat headlining day three. Cool. You know, it's just like, I don't get excited over watching these live streams anymore because there's just no transcendent figures in music that if there are to exist, they don't want to do it. Like a Taylor Swift doesn't want to do a Coachella. Beyonce doesn't want to perform at Coachella. You know, Uh, like we were supposed to have Kanye one year, but you know, he acted up and got removed. So
0: we just- I was trying to, I was like- what particular thing are you talking about? And that's just not worth going down the. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not worth going down. But y- you get my point that it-, it just feels like we don't have those big marquee events in music and the transcendent figures right now. Maybe we will in two years. Maybe the next big thing happens. But I just feel like everybody who could be considered that status just doesn't want to do these things because it's like i'm big enough i don't need that anymore i mean yeah what's
0: what's the incentive for them to do that right like i think you've gotten to that place where it's not the yeah there's not really the incentive structure for it also i wonder how much this fits into like the general death of monoculture that we're dealing with yeah right um yeah from the a32 they're they're uh, agreeing with you saying that uh, also city limits acl
1: has yes. gone hill
0: as well, and I think I, I wonder how much this like deals with the death of monoculture in a way. Which look, man, we're getting more and more democratization in media and like music and all these things. People can start making music. There's a lot more people doing it. Um, it. There's not as much gatekeeping, and like you can self-publish and all these things. But I wonder if what that does is make it even harder to have like these superstars, right? Like there's just even. You were of them in a way like they're going to get to a place where it's just like I dominate all of what's happening. Um, Even what we're doing here, like having, you know, radio like our our, we have music sister stations and there's there there's very much or there's it's a lot fewer of like music stations or radio or anything like that where people turn to to know the definitive what's hot, what's not like everybody has individual uh, a lot more individualized tastes that you can you can you know have those needs met by your Spotify or your Apple Music or your title or like you know just going to YouTube or you know you ha- letting Pandora and their algorithm decide. Like I think that it's just yeah I think you've gotten to a place where you're not going to have as many big stars and the big stars that we already have I think are, are established enough that it's like they don't really need it.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of. Or
0: may, maybe they don't have like some of them don't have like the the catalog right like the people that are really That's big a great point. don't have the catalog to be able to withstand that level of that level of performance.
1: Yeah, because I I was actually thinking about that the other day because I was watching Zayn Lowe Apple Music uh, he was doing an interview with Pink Panthers and she's going I love on Pink Panther. I love her too. She's good. She is awesome. But like she's she's going on tour her own headlining tour and it's like. How long is her set going to be? Because the catalog snappy, a is A snappy massive, 35. Yeah, the, the catalog isn't there and all everything in the catalog is under three minutes. You know, so it, you, you bring up an interesting point there. And then something you kind of opened up my mind to is that the accessibility factor might be a thing where you can find all of these underground artists now through, you know, all these different streaming platforms and social media, TikTok, so on and so forth that... You don't have these big names that you just gravitate towards because they are the most prominent figure and that's the easiest to access, you know?
0: And some of this is just like, I imagine, I wonder how much of this is just like the basic uh, dollar amounts it is, man. Like, I do wonder how much like these things remain uh, trafficked because of the, the amount of money that it costs to do these things, which is a whole different conversation than what the one that you're having, but I... Now, just offshoot thoughts uh, when we talk about concerts and live performances in general. But yeah, that's interesting.
1: It's a great point because like I'm looking at the Coachella poster right now, and there's three days of it. And it looks like there's probably between 25 to 35 artists performing each day, and they're all different. There's no repeat performers. Sure. So yeah, maybe the money factor comes into where, hey, if we pay... You know Beyonce to come in, we got to cut this this lineup in half because of how much money she's going to command. You know a Taylor Swift, uh, you know the weekend, whoever it may be that can you know fuel these international appeals. So I don't know, it just kind of makes me sad that like as a kid growing up, I always wanted to go to ACL, I always wanted to go to Coachella because the lineups were always insane. And now it's like I'd enjoy maybe four people out of the three days. That's about it. That's my sharing time that's fun
0: i i like that and i wonder how much of that is also just like there's so many different acts that going like just looking at the poster and seeing the names won't hit you like you might be you there's not gonna be as many that you're like i like that player i like that person i like that person i like that artist but i wonder if you going if you just getting the experience not knowing all the names if you would have just as much fun and discover some artists that you didn't know but like on the front end you're not going to be drawn in by the by the poster i don't know we'll, we'll be interested and in, yes from the A17, you just named groups that I've never heard of. Alec Medford is is uh how old are you again? Twenty-two. There you go. That's some of some of that happens. But then also some of it is just there's so many different like spaces of music and listening and uh preferences that it's gonna be hard to find musicians that everybody rocks with in that same way.
1: That's sharing time here with the Get Right on 1053 the fan, and coming up next, let's get you your headlines, tell you how the stars won and Got some injury updates for a couple of key stars. We'll Ooh. talk about it next on the fan. T-Mobile
0: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: It's
0: Subscribe to Fat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.